Hi, everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've not yet met in person, but is a match from Podmatch. He's the author of the book Encounters and a host of the podcast Abundant Encounters. It's Joshua Marsengill. Hi, Joshua. Hey, Julie. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Um, what else would you like to share about yourself with our listeners? Oh, uh, you know, I love Jesus and <laughs> I've had a great time getting to know him over the past 15 years. Uh, before that, I was an atheist, uh, which is, you know, for me, it was kind of a live or die on is God actually real because I'm not going to waste my time with any amount of religion. And and thankfully, I have found that he is very real and very uh, alive and available and and he's really done so much to connect with me. My whole life is so different than I, than I was. I mean, physically, everything, you know, I just, uh, I dealt with pretty bad anxiety. I don't know if it's severe, but it was very bad. It would put me on the floor sometimes and things like that are just a thing in the past. Uh, and Jesus has done so much for me. So that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from, I guess. No, thank you for sharing that. I had um, uh, someone with a, I'm sure your stories are different. Obviously, our encounters with Jesus are, are all special <laughs> and unique. Um, <laughs> but also she had a, a story of converting from atheism. Um, are Is your book or is your podcast about, like I'm assuming encounters, about that encounter with Christ? Yeah. So the Lord gave me that word. I asked him not to. <laughs> so this sounds weird. <laughs> and people are going to think I'm in aliens or something. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, that's just me having a good time with the Lord. But like, I felt like he gave me a little definition for it, which was, you know, that um, any moment that we have that just is real, where we know that God's real. Like, And um, so that uh, was the way that I was kind of introduced to my faith. And I had an, what I'd call an open vision. And uh, I was like fully awake, uh, a little bit like a dream, except for I wasn't in any kind of control of it. And I could see uh, both uh, what I would describe as the spiritual world and uh, the natural world. And um, it was a pretty strange experience for an atheist. But uh, what it left me with, I had I looked into the eyes of, of Jesus at one point, and I wrote in the book about that. And uh, there was kindness in his eyes, and it looked like he knew me. And um, he spoke very familiar with me, and it definitely just blew any box I had for ideas about what you know, Christianity was about and it changed my life in a big way. Um, mostly later because I didn't really have a Christian box. I didn't have, you know, I didn't speak the language or anything. So, um, but the experience was wild and I, I thought maybe I had schizophrenia. I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I tried, I tried to dismiss it, but it was, mm -hmm. it ended up being very impossible to dismiss the book. It's, it does share that testimony and, uh, the podcast is more, um, I wanted at, at one point, the same time when the Lord told me to write the book, um, it just, he said, you can give this away. And when I kind of heard that, like you would hear if you're reading a book or something, kind of that voice in your head, that was the way I heard him say that to me. And um, when I'm thinking I can give this away, I, I was looking for different ways to actually activate people in this. So 
Christian meditation, which is nothing new. It's been around since David, you know, uh, from the Bible and the Old Testament. And there's just, a, he's got a wonderful example of Christian meditation in Psalms 19 that a lot of people refer to. But uh, I just found that it was a wonderful way to invite people on the journey of encountering God and, um, you know, being able to talk to him, uh, being able to, uh, you know, try to figure out what he's saying to you personally. He is the keeper of our identity. It's actually in the scripture we're going to read. Um, and it's just so much fun. I wouldn't want to do Christianity without it, but that feels like my ministry. I want to give that away to people and help the people that are hungry for that experience it. Wow, that's a, that's amazing. I'm a cradle Catholic, like which means I'm from the cradle. <laughs> I've awesome. been you know born and raised Catholic, and mm-hmm. I think um, you know not everybody is blessed with these encounters or these moments. Like what you're describing makes me think of Saint Paul being knocked off of his horse, <laughs> like that kind wow. of moment. I think a lot of us want, you know, like yeah. we want that kind of like knock us off our chair. So I think that's such a a blessing. But hopefully, all of us have had some kind of encounter in Christ in some way, which keeps us going back to him. And we keep going back to those moments. So um, thank you for sharing that, that story. And it's awesome that your book and your podcast also deal with those encounters because those are, you know, our faith and what keeps us grounded and close to Christ. Um, I'm excited to see what, how it connects to this verse that you've chosen. So I'm going to have you read, you've chosen Colossians three verses one and two. So I'm going to have you read that for us. Okay, I'm reading from the New International Version, and um, it's just a general kind of version. No good reason for that, but uh, I like it just fine. So it (laughs) says, um, (laughs) and three, it says, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Uh, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly, earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And actually I read into three. That's <laughs> so. okay. No, my, my translation's a little bit different, but it's a pretty popular verse and it's, it's one that I really enjoy. So I'm excited awesome. to dive into it. So my, my translation reads, if you were then raised with Christ, seek what is above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Think of what is above, not of what is on earth. And so it's similar to what you read. And I just want to give our listeners a little bit of context. So we've done a lot of Paul's letters on this podcast, uh, which I love. I love St. Paul. And we've not done anything from Colossians, though. So this is a letter that Paul wrote to the community of Colossae, which was close to Ephesus. So we're talking like Asia Minor, Turkey, present day Turkey. Um, And Paul was imprisoned when he was writing this letter. And people wanted clarification in this community because people were getting kind of almost like what I've read in my footnotes and my introduction to my study Bible, like they were kind of the followers becoming kind of almost cult-like and getting really caught up in like principalities and angels and the cosmos. And Paul's trying to like break it down and bring them back to like who the person of Christ is. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this verse does get into that. Like it talks about, you know, resurrection, which we can get into, um, and and like who Christ is and like his connection to the Father. So, anyways, that's kind of what's going on with the yeah. context of this verse. So I don't know if you wanted to respond to any of that. Oh, I love it. I love the context, and um, you know, and I just I uh, what what appeals to me in this this verse, and I've used it a lot in my ministry. Is like this is there there feels like an invitation in here that mm. says like uh, you know there's there's a little more <laughs> maybe than what you've you know, just been, you know, kind of everyday experiencing with God, like you are invited to sit with him 
and put your mind on things and um, which my mind, you know, it, it, I love that it, that permission to, uh, you know, like use my imagination, think on things that are in heavenly places, you know, um, this isn't a place where you'll get in trouble. This is a place where you'll find more of uh, your relationship with the Lord. And, um, those things have been really helpful in, in my ministry for sure. But, I, but yes, it, it, it's just such a great scripture. Is there any other particular reason that you chose this verse? Um, I think it's a great, as I said, like a invitation into meditation, into thinking on things. And um, I also, from my perspective, it, it helps me be okay with like imagination and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, another scripture that comes to mind, we have the mind of Christ. Like uh, I love the word we, it kind of puts it into that context. It's helpful to have community around these ideas, you know, because you don't want to get off into something very strange and it's, you just need accountability and, you know, it's helpful to have scriptures and stuff and uh, to kind of weigh things out with, with, uh, with theologians or any, anyone, you know, that you can connect with. Uh, But, but to, you know, be able to utilize our imagination in a safe way where we can kind of connect with God gives him the opportunity to have another way to communicate with us. And I've, personally experienced that, you know, I've been really blessed to sit with people that are really hungry to have encounters and experience God and not just, you know, we're kind of the Thomases. We're not like, you know, ashamed. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, Jesus, can can we just experience this? I I get that you're saying that, you know, like there's uh, this whole idea that, you know, if those who haven't seen are even more blessed and that's awesome for them. And I'm mm-hmm. so glad for them, but I'm so grateful for the moments that I actually sh- have shared with, with the Lord that have confirmed my faith or my ideas about what my purpose was or how I should make a decision based on, you know, how much peace I have and, you know, little things like that. Those, those tools are part of our inheritance and at least part of what's going on in the scripture is uh, Paul explaining to us that we, we do have, uh, you know, a leg up. There are advantages to being a Christian. And part of that is, you know, the pearl of great price is our father. Like we can connect with him. We can talk with him. We are sons and daughters. We're not just servants and there's a time for all that and everything else, but we also get to connect with a father that loves us. He's, you know, slain the fatted calf and he wants us to enjoy. (laughs) There's a, there's a feast that he's invited us to. There's, there's, there's things that he wants to do with us in this life. Uh, we can see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So there's just, there's, there's something in the scripture that really invites us into that if we're looking for that. Mm, yeah, I mean, you said a lot there, and, and this verse is, you know, it's pretty short. Um, you know, if we were if we were raised with Christ, makes me think of, um, you know, our baptism, right? So, like Paul, I, mm-hmm. to me, and you can correct me or or say what you think Paul is saying here in that first line, but to me, he's saying like, if you were raised with Christ, like if you've been baptized, then seek what is above. And I guess we can talk about like you mentioned like this idea of imagining with Christ, which is a beautiful image. I like that, like having mm-hmm. the, the ima- like imagining with God. So I guess I have two questions. Like, what do you make of that first line about being raised with Christ? And then can you say a little bit more about like the seeking what is above or the imagining with God? Being raised with Christ. That, so this is our inheritance, right? So he didn't just die for us. He also rose to life for us. Like, the, you know, so much that we didn't deserve, but in, participating what 
with the plan that he unfolded in reality, like uh, in being available to humanity. He rose, you know, as us, just as he died as us. So yeah, there's so much in there, you know, like, and even in using your imagination, you can, you know, you can go into that tomb, into the dead body of Jesus and I mean, you know, I've done this with people because like uh, maybe they've got cancer or uh, sickness or s- something along those lines. And, uh, you know, and it, it's just amazing to help walk people through like, uh, you know, imagine, imagine how it would have been to be dead for three days. Like the eyes are like, you know, not even there anymore. I don't want to get gross on you, <laughs> but you know, I mean, like, it's just yeah. like, everything's congealed. It's like, you know, jello or something, you know, it's not, it's not the way it should be. And then all of a sudden the life comes back in, the heart starts beating, the the blood starts pumping through the veins, the, the eyes, uh, you know, begin to form back and, um, you know, and the life comes, the warmth comes into the, the body and the, you know, and did, did he wake up with, with, uh, cancer in his body or something like that? You know I mean? Like the answer is no, but like, uh, it just in believing that God can conquer that he's still healing. He's still, you know, moving, he's still providing. And so yeah, there's a lot in that scripture is like, you're raised with Christ. You're like, um, which is such a fantastic place to park and think and not try to rush through to the end. Um, but just to think about that reality. Wow. As a Christian, I have literally been raised with him. Wow. That's yeah, that's my mind definitely didn't go there, but I can see how you got there. And, um, (laughs) the idea of the imagination, you know, I'm of the Catholic tradition. So, um, Mm -hmm. St. Ignatius of Loyola was, uh, as a saint that, um, a lot of Jesuits who are follow St. Ignatius, have this practice of like using imagination in scripture. And so that kind of came to mind when you were kind of going through that process of like imagining us literally in a tomb with Christ. Like we're saying, if we're raised with Christ, like what does that literally look like and feel like? And that's, that's beautiful. And it made me think of like that Jesuit kind of practice. I don't know if you wanted to respond to that, but. Oh yeah. And I'm, you know, I don't know why I'm blanking on the name of it, (laughs) but, but I have looked into that and I, I, I just, any kind of Christian meditation, I've just been really interested in, uh, Psalms 19 is an, a really beautiful place where it feels like to me, at least that David actually invites us into a similar experience. And, uh, you know, he's, and, you know, it's, he's, he's basically meditating. He's opening the door through gratitude and, and his curiosity gets a hold of him as, as he thinks about the sky. I mean, the, the sun dancing across the sky, like a bridegroom running towards its bride is basically what it says. And, and in that uh, picture, he, he, his curiosity kind of connects him to the presence of the father that is with him. And he realizes he's like, ah, you know, and I'm totally paraphrasing any Mm -hmm. (laughs) translation, but, but he just has this moment that he's, that he thinks, wow, this is something that you do. You make things so beautiful and perfect and they work consistently over and over again. Hey, I, I want that in me. Like, can you do that in my heart? Like I want, I want that kind of consistency. And he kind of works through some stuff with, with the father, you know, and that, that is something that I feel like uh, meditation can do. And there's Mm -hmm. just so many different uh, ways to do it. And um, I think people don't talk about it enough. You know, they don't. They, um, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It just seems like a taboo subject sometimes. And, um, you know, but it's just a powerful <laughs> experience mm. for Christians to have. And I wouldn't 
want uh, people to be left with only religion, which I don't think religion is the total enemy. There's good things about religion. I, I wake up and do my devotionals every day, you know, but if it's only that, then we're not experiencing the awesome relationship and the connection that God is, is giving to us. Hmm. Wow, you said a lot there. I think I think you're right. I think a lot of times, especially when mentioning the Psalms, um, I'm a teacher and I teach middle school and high school students and the Psalms are like um, difficult, but also at the same time, like a good way for, for my students, like, you know, they can understand the emotion behind them, but I think it's, it's a lot of language that maybe they're not, that's not what they would use if they were to make a prayer or to say right. a prayer, right? <laughs> so try to breaking it down. But like, I like the way that you break, broke that down and like kind of going beyond just like the phrasing or just the words and going into like really the emotion behind. And, and David is such a, I've talked about him a lot on this podcast because he's such a flawed character, but like a real character. And he just had such a heart for God and that it should be our goal to have a heart like he had to um, just everything he did, even if it was flawed, seemed to be for the the, the desire to praise God in some way. Um, and you mentioned also like, you know, so we had that imagination kind of technique that there are other maybe techniques that seem taboo maybe to Christians. I don't know if you wanted to speak more to that. Like what are some of the other techniques you have maybe to get at the heart of some of these scripture verses? I think, uh, uh, what it boils down to, there are different ways to kind of, I mean, you know, you can build your relationship with God like you would with your spouse. Um, if people are married or, um, or even a good friend, like, uh, you know, you can build resilience with, uh, your, uh, the way you speak to him, like discovering things about God is, is, is something that we are invited into. So like, does God still heal today? For example, like, um, well, you're not really going to know unless you pray for people and to be healed. And, uh, like Francis McNutt, he's uh, such an awesome uh, author uh, that I've read. That's a Catholic, um, father. And, uh, so he, he talks about, you know, healing. He's got a book actually called healing, (laughs) which is beautiful, but, um, but his whole approach to that, I mean, if you actually experience someone being healed after you've prayed for them, it's life changing because like all of a sudden you're not alone in this thing. You're actually, um, in a partnership with God. So that would be an example, um, practicing the prophetic. So first of all, I think the, the word practicing is actually really important because if we're calling ourselves a prophet, then that, that just puts us in such a dangerous place. But if we're practicing prophecy, um, we're attempting to learn to walk in a way, you know, like a baby would learn to walk. The, the father's not going to push us over and get mad at us for trying, um, you know, uh, but if we never practice, if we just decide, oh, no, that's scary stuff, I'm not going to do that, then we don't get the benefit of experiencing it when when it just really rings true and it like really helps someone or there's just some edification that happens that where someone gets built up and, but at least the least of which is definitely going to be you because <laughs> you're going to experience the power of God moving through you so there are different ways to do that um, those are definitely something that I would consider to be an encounter um, but I've also had like little, little encounters like uh, after I got saved I, I didn't realize this but I had history with God and he started to remind me of, of those things, you know, that um, like even when I was very young, I remember a pretty innocent prayer that I prayed um, to uh, basically uh, my mom had told me that I needed to make sure I named every single person. And I don't think she meant it to be stringent or anything, but it's the way I took it in my six-year-old brain. 
Um, and, uh, but I, I remember thinking and getting anxious about, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget people's names. And is there, you know, I don't know what I was thinking about exactly, but is there salvation dependent on me praying for their well being or something? And, um, as, as I'm thinking about all these things, I, I had a voice like in my head that I remember hearing saying, Josh, why don't you just say god bless everybody in the world Mm. and and i laughed as a kid and i remember that experience and it was like the lord reminded me that he had been with me all the way along and um not to overcomplicate things not to like it's like we're experts at dismissing so many things that god is just like handing us um on a daily basis and um Mm. and it can be so rich like i mean immediately you just you you feel this like wealth of like, wow, I have so, I'm so rich in God. (laughs) Why would I want anything else? You know? And, um, it is very fulfilling. So, um, but yeah, there's, I love looking for, and I definitely haven't discovered them all. I'm still on a journey, but, um, I just love looking and searching out different ways to connect with God because, you know, he created everything. There's so much availability. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's not short on encounters this is something I say a lot. And, um, you know, because that's what I thought. I thought, well, if God is real, then he only appears to the like you said, like the Paul on, on his road to Damascus kind of thing, like it's got to be really, really special or something. So, um, so, you know, but I'm not trying to rewrite the, the scripture, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. by my encounters. I just want to know the Father. I want to experience him and, uh, you know, and I want to do whatever he wants me to do because that becomes such an awesome connection with him at that point. Amen. You said a lot there again, and I want to address some of the things you mentioned, like kind of realizing that God had always been in your history. And I, um, again, as a Catholic, I had discerned religious life. I, I thought about being a nun for a minute and I actually entered a religious community for a year and then I decided it wasn't for me. But that year was a lot about like examining our relationship with God. And the sisters actually made us like kind of write our own little history and kind of go back and like note those moments of where we saw God's presence in our lives. And it was really powerful. And I think you're Mm. right. I think we don't, we like gloss over our lives are so busy, right? So we, God is constantly trying to reach out to us. And I think we think it has to be this, like we mentioned earlier, this powerful moment, or I have to come to him very formally and a, in a rote, you know, especially as a Catholic, like a rote specific way. Um, But really he's trying to reach out and have encounters with us in so many different ways. So Um, You mentioned a couple ways there of how we can open ourselves up more to that. You mentioned um, practicing prophecy, and that as a Catholic is not something that I'm familiar with. Can you explain maybe what that looks like or what that means? Um, In the scriptures, Paul says... I can't remember exactly. I know that we have like different spiritual gifts, right? Like we all have like, it's like the first Corinthians 12, like we have spiritual gifts. Is that what kind of it refers to? Yeah, or Yeah. Okay. And, you know, all should prophesy. There's one line in there that goes like that. And um, and so there's there's an invitation. So what is it? Uh, Paul explains like uh, it's, it's a form of edification. And I'm sorry I didn't come with all the scriptures available. <laughs> but, no, that's okay. Um, so in that in that thought process just of like edifying so it has to be building up uh so we see some prophets in the old testament that were definitely not building up they were tearing things down or at least it feels Mm -hmm. that way even if we don't fully understand exactly what was going on maybe they were just you know maybe it was a complicated way of saying hey the christ is coming (laughs) or something but but for us it feels like wow this doesn't feel very edifying but um in that in that practice um 
one of the reasons, one of the ways I got exposed to it was, um, in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, like in a supernatural ministry school, which I, that word would be scary to anyone. It was scary to me as well, but, um, we kind of at uh, Bethel, uh, Redding has, uh, a ministry school that in California and, um, they did a plant in, in, um, in Atlanta that we attended the school and it was like, okay, let's, let's just try this out. Like, and I remember being terrified that what I was doing was probably wrong, even though everyone was kind of in agreement around me, but just personally, like between me and the Lord, I was like, I don't know what, is this okay? And, but I was like, okay, well, you put me here. You decided for me to be here. I'm following you. So I'm going to give this a try. And so I go into these like prophetic booths that they have and um what is a booth it's basically just where somebody comes down they sit down privately to uh, get a prophetic word and prophecy is very normal in this culture and this uh denomination and stuff like that so i'm just like okay well i can try it i get into this situation and i'm like i'm already feeling like i'm over my head and the first group that came in to see me and sit down in my booth was a mother and three children (laughs) I'm like, okay, you know, like I really need to run right now or something, you know, and I got like really scared and I I felt like, okay, if I like, God, you have to speak to me or I am, this is going to be very awkward. I am not going to say anything because what's going through my head is, are these scriptures? Like if you lead one of these astray, you might as well tie something around your neck and throw yourself into a river, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, man, I do not, I'm, this isn't going to be a pretend thing. I'm not guessing. Like, God, if you don't say anything, then this can just be awkward and I'll just get over and I was wrong to even be here. Fine. And sure enough, the the children sit down, the mom's there. And, um, and I just, I get this picture of like dark water. And I thought, um, okay, I'm going to say, Hey, I feel like there's a, I'm seeing like a deep water. And, um, as soon as I said it, which didn't mean very much to me, but to the, to the child, the child started crying, the mom started crying and then the brother started crying. I was like, wow, what is happening? So, so in some way, shape or form, like this communicated to them, like this kid was very deep and just constantly thinking deeply about things. And, uh, I think the mom ended up being like, where it was like, she was, a little worried that he was like too absorbed and maybe on the spectrum or something like that. And when God spoke that kind of through me, it gave her this experience where she was like, maybe everything's not as bad as I thought it was. And so it was edifying and it actually built her up. So, but it was a very strange process. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So now I can kind of see, yeah, I can see a little more what it means. So like Mm -hmm. just leaving yourself open and like kind of centering yourself and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like so that you can receive a word or a phrase that might help you or somebody. Is that yeah. kind of, okay. Okay. I love the way you put that. And that, that is, okay. a, and it's just like an availability. And, mm. and I did find that there was more consistency with it and it wasn't so scary eventually, mm. but yeah, in the beginning it was, it was kind of like, wow, what am I doing? And is this okay? I mean, it's so <laughs> countercultural, right? Like it's, again, it's like, we don't take the time for that. Maybe we think it's a little bit freaky or weird or, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm always concerned because I'll, I'll get into moments. I don't think it's like that specific, but like in my classroom or something, you know, I mm-hmm. want the Holy Spirit to work for me. Like, or if a student comes to me or a parent or a teacher, like God, give me the words to, to say, because I don't know what to say here or give me the response. Is it kind of like, kind of like that a little exactly, bit? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And okay. Uh, 
yeah, it doesn't have to be. So like, it's another thing where, uh, you know, as humans, we just have this ability to make it like big and complicated and difficult, but really it's just one other way that we can serve God by just being open to hearing him in the mm-hmm. moment. And sometimes he'll, he'll do some very unexpected things because of that openness. And if that openness isn't there, you know, then it's pretty much business as usual. And yeah. so, and that's kind of, that's, that's the helpful aspect that I believe that it brings is these, some of these exercises. Yeah. I, I never know where, you know, we're going to go when I have these conversations, like people pick a verse and I think I know where they're going to go, but you know, like, I'm like, Oh, think of what above, you know, what's above. Like I've always thought about it, like in a cultural kind of very literal way. It's like, we have obviously yeah. a lot of things going on in our culture that yeah. um, are not of above. And so that's kind of, I thought what we were going to do, but no, you're like talking <laughs> about literally how to practice like channeling God and like thinking in a yeah. way and like, like literal practice, like practice thinking, which is beautiful and definitely not what I thought <laughs> we were going to do. So like, as we, we wrap up, like, what else would you like to say about this verse? What are some final thoughts you have? Um, well, you know, I, I love that uh, again, it's like, God has put stuff on the inside of you that only he has the keys and understand. And he did that on purpose. He's protecting our identity for us. He's not keeping it from us. He's keeping it for us. He is the keeper of something that is so precious to us. And it's really relevant, I think, to the times that we're in. It's it's very helpful to practice meditation in any way that you find that you're comfortable with it, because in any way that you're opening yourself up to hear from God, um, it's it you're going to be able to connect with this this father as a son or daughter and um and you're going to experience these these things that will open you up and make you help you realize that like he does have a plan for you he does have a purpose there is a specific um you know value that he's placed within you you know it can't be turned off by the world you know because it's in it's coming from the inside <laughs> you know yeah. the light is coming from the inside they didn't put it there the world didn't put that that on you or didn't give it to you so it belongs to you and as he reveals it it, it just begins to bring you the kind of heavenly wealth that um that I, I believe god wants christians to have like peace and joy and hope and um and then you can carry those into some of the most complicated times that our world has ever seen which we're definitely experiencing yeah. in a lot of different ways no i like what you said about um like the world didn't give us that light you know god put mm-hmm. that light it makes me think of a lot of like phrases from john um, you know, not the peace that I give is not of the peace that the world gives and that like, you know, yeah, that we are, we're connected to God. It's not, it's not of the world that gives it's, it's him that gives and that light is within us because you created us. And you've given us so many cool things to, I guess I have uh, one last kind of question before we wrap up. Um, so you've mentioned all these practices, I think one reason why a lot of people today maybe don't take the time in meditation and prayer is that they don't think they have the time, but you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the things that you're mentioning, I think it helps to like, you know, put some time in and practice so that you can channel more quickly, but like, it doesn't necessarily have to take a lot of time to do some of this. Am I wrong? I don't think you're wrong at all. I mean, in some ways, yes, God completely changed my life. I mean, the trajectory of my life was completely changed by him. I wouldn't have it any other way, but I do live my life. I'm a very busy person myself, but I do encounter God all the time. And it's only because I'm open to it. And yeah. there is a constant uh, 
you know, feast, like I said, but, uh, I just believe that God is absolutely setting the table and uh, in front of us at all times. And if we're open to it and we want it, then our, we're going to keep discovering more and more and more ways to, to be able to just enjoy our life with God and not just, not just as someone looking at him from afar. Yeah. I like how you wrapped, wrapped that up and like took us back to that feast image that you kind of started with. I think that's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. at, at the end of the podcast, I always give my guests a chance to plug. And we did mention a little bit about your book and your podcast earlier on. Is there anything else you'd like us to check out or where can we find you? Yeah. Um, so our website is abundantencounters.com and, um, we do, we do services and stuff for even for people that, um, really want to have encounters. Um, we've had several people come through and just have great experiences and we utilize tools, um, that are kind of counseling oriented to help with that. And, um, so we would love to hear from you. Uh, we have a newsletter that we send out and we have the podcast. So it's um, so we can check out the website. We can check out area on social media at all. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, abundant encounters. If you do a Google search, you're going to find us everywhere. <laughs> okay, cool. but, um, yeah. Well, awesome. If you all would like to find out more about this podcast or reach out to me, I'm at seven mile chats on Instagram, all spelled out. I'm also on Twitter at Ms. Struckley one M S S T R U K E L Y one, where I tweet a little bit about what I'm doing in my classroom and Catholic education, though it's summer right now and we're recording. So there's not a lot of classroom stuff happening. I'm, I'm enjoying my summer, but you all can find me there and I'd love to hear from you. But Joshua, thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing this practice and this different take on this verse with us. Thank you, Julia. It's been a pleasure. Bye, everyone.